Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Supermama Sisterhood. Sisterhood. Hello. Hello. Hi, Supermamas. Hi, Supermamas. How's everyone doing? Welcome to the Supermamas podcast, your favorite podcast with your favorite hosts, Bricia Lopez and Paulina Lopez. What's up, sis? What you doing? What's up? What's up with your oh, life? What you, where you at? What am I doing? I'm just here with my, well, looking at, at home, recording my podcast with my daughter around. So she comes around. What's what's going on with her during the summer? Is she in school? Is she in class? What is she at home? What is she doing? She's like right now. She's está con su molquejete, her little play molquejete that we have for her. <laughs> and she's she's making a salsa. Oh, uh, we are ready to head to Oaxaca for a whole week. Me and my girl, me and my little girl, are gonna be living our best Oaxaca life for the next week. So I'm so excited to take her, and it's gonna be. I mean, she's she's my angel. Ah. She's just my everything. <laughs> uh, she's just she's just my girl. I it's man, you're so blessed it. to have three girls. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it is the best thing ever. I'm loving. I'm just loving. I'm just loving being her mom right now. Being a girl mom, right? It is like it's different. It's different. I do. I do wish sometimes to to experience the boy love towards a mom, but I don't know. I mean, listen. I think. I think it's. I think. I think like just whether you have a boy or a girl, it just doesn't matter. I think it's just like that. Sometimes it's just like that soul love that you have for your children. I know that we're always playing around like, don't have kids. Yes, it's really freaking hard. And we talk about this all the time. And we're the, you know, I always tell people like, don't have children. I feel like, you know, you know, Samantha, no, was it Samantha? Miranda, you know, Miranda from Second City? Yeah. And she's like, don't marry ruins everything. You know, like, don't get married. And then Bake doesn't show up to the altar. I feel like that's me. I'm like that person all the time. I'm always like, don't have children. But... But in all honesty, but I love my kids. But honestly, like, God, how I love my children. Dile hola. Hi, mi amor. Hola. Can't hear you, but oh, she's so cute. She's so loving to me, and it's just honestly, like, she's she's the best. She's the best, and right? like, she's like my. She's just the best. When they randomly show you love out of nowhere, like sometimes I'm sitting on the couch and then it's like six that just comes and gives me a kiss. And she's like, I love you, mommy. I'm like, ah, I love you too. You I'm actually like, love me. I'm like, I'm like, finally, the attention I've been seeking all my life. <laughs> somebody loves me. Somebody, somebody actually loves me. Somebody loved. does care for me. <laughs> like for the one second, you feel loved. <laughs> you feel loved for like five seconds. You're like, okay, gotta keep going. All right. <laughs> Oh, look at that little cutie pie. And then she loves to sing now. Aww. She's, I mean, she's going to be three very, very soon. What's the plans for, is she going to have a birthday party this year? No. Should I add it to my calendar? No, 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 no. You know, I don't do parties until later in life. No, no parties for her. I think we're going to do Legoland probably. Ooh, cute. Yes. Yeah, just for the day. And then the next day I got to be back because I have an event. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's been pretty wild. Yeah, it's been pretty. It's, it's been pretty. It's been you know. It's been pretty wild. It's been it's been active. My you know, I, I've been very very active and traveling, but I I wouldn't have it any other way. Honestly, it's shout out really, to really you. Fun. You were cooking on the top of a mountain in Aspen at the food and wine. I mean, hello. 
That is, honestly, I'm going to tell you, I know you went with Elizabeth, her sister, and we were talking because her, both her and I have been like very big fans of Top Chef. Which I didn't know. It's so funny. But like. <laughs> Which I had no idea. For years. For years we've watched Top Chef. But I had no idea y'all were what? like that. No, we were super fans. We've always been fans. You know, you know, I don't really care about you guys. It's like. <laughs> I know. You don't care. How am I, I know you don't care. You know <laughs> but I like at the end of every, every season, one of the, the prizes that the winner gets is a spot at the Food and Wine in Aspen. Oh, really? Yes, it's part of the price. It's part of like, you get $1 million. I don't know how much they get. And a spot in the food and wine in Aspen. It's like, ooh, oh my God. Like the food and wine in Aspen, like, you know? And so you were there. And so all the top chefs were there. And I was like, oh my, I was like on Instagram, just like with great muff. Like I don't have, I haven't really had FOMO in a long time, in a while. But that, I was like, oh my God, look at that chef. Look at that chef. Look at that, like rock stars. And then Elizabeth and I were like, she was saying that she cried when she saw a chef. And I was like, I get you. I get you. I would have to. She cried when she had, we went to all the dinners and we met all the people and we were all the parties. And, you know, I was, I was chefing. Like I was one of, I was, I was, I was in the lineup. You are a top chef. I was in the picture. I was in, that, that's, I'm excited to have like the picture because that's like the big thing. Yes. So we were everywhere and we were having at this dinner and all of a sudden I turn around and Elizabeth is crying. I'm like, girl, <laughs> and she's like, this food, this moment. And then Greg comes out, chef comes out. And then she, I'm like, okay, I'm here. Let's, let's go meet him. So then, I mean, he's my friend, but like, here, let's go. Like, I'm going to introduce you. Let's go talk to him. And then he comes out, I was like, I was like, hey, Greg, my sister's a fan, okay? She's like, just take it easy on her. And all of a sudden she turns around and he's like, Greg, I just went sit. And I was like, I just cried again. Oh She's like, my I'm God. Cry. And then my friend was filming it and I was like, oh my God. But, yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're big fans. And you know what? I totally fucked up. So at the end of my asada, like my event, because we had the closing party, me and Claudette, Closed the festival and it was the most epic thing we've ever done. And everybody was saying how it was like the best food they had that weekend. And it was just like so amazing. We got on the mic. I got all the stuff to come out so people can thank them. And I didn't say thank you to Elizabeth. <laughs> and then we were in the room and she was like, I can't believe you didn't thank me on your speech or something like that. And I was like, oh, girl, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't even say it, happy Father's Day to my husband. Like at that moment, <laughs> it, I was just like so in, I don't yeah. know. I I should have obviously said thank you to you because you helped me. But low key also having like a professional helper would have been a lot more help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like having a professional sous chef, like an actual cook would have helped me a lot. But also I think that I didn't care having that extra load of work because... Yeah. To watch Elizabeth's face of happiness and seeing her so happy, I'm like, this is worth me prepping an extra four hours. I don't care. You know, it's like your child. <laughs> Just an extra four hours. Extra four hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. An extra level of stress. Like, it's totally fine. She would come and she's like, what do you need? She's like, what can I help you with? I was like, can you learn how to cook really quick? And like, can you... <laughs> can you learn how to cut, cut a butcher? I'm like, can you finely dice onions? Like, I, you know, can you saute these? Like, I don't, I was like, can you find me a cook to help me? 
<laughs> I was like, just do your, I'm like, just do the content. She's like, she, she was standing there. She's like, look, I'm just going to do the content. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> so I definitely had, but day off, I had a lot of help. So it was, it was great. But when we were serving people, like she really was there and she saw that we really do work. It's not just all pictures and Instagram and no, it's work. <laughs> yeah. It's work. It's work, guys. We actually do work. <laughs> it yeah. looks like we don't, but we actually do work. And my line, Paulina, my line was so long to get my food. And you know, I hate lines. Like, I hate lines. And I was just like, oh, and it just wouldn't stop. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, this is never going to end. This is just going <laughs> to keep going. And then people will get back in line. Like, people would just keep going back in line and get back in line. So she was just like, refilling the, the, the salsa and then she was like helping to get tortillas but all that to say Elizabeth I had the best time with her and she tried her hardest she I was like I was in the, I went back in the room and I started to laugh and she's like why are you laughing I was like I'm <laughs> laughing because I trimmed a hundred pounds of chicken I broke down a case of pineapple I prepped all the all the onions and you my dear cut two pounds of cheese <laughs> she's like i was trying to make it perfect for you i was like it's fine it's fine like, again I, I say this because she's my sister and we can make fun of each other and it's fine and there's no hard feelings but i really didn't care like to see her happiness and to like spend that time with her like worth it like i don't care i, I really yeah. don't care like that I, it doesn't matter it was it was just so beautiful to have that time with her and i didn't know that she was a true fan I, I mean, she knew more. Chef a than groupie, I did. a groupie. We are, we're, yeah, we're, I, we're totally groupies. We're totally groupies. Like, ah, yeah, my God. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah. And I think like sometimes it happens the next day when you showed up and I was giving a speech, I kind of forgot to also. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, now I know what Elizabeth felt like. The next day I landed and I, I landed early. I, I didn't even go home. I mean, I just went I from the airport to our women's event that we had for all our female staff. We had like what, 35, 40 women. 35, yeah, that's great. Shout out to Socalo. Shout out to like yeah, Monica. We, shout yeah, out to Shayla. It was amazing. And then, you know, I got there. I make sure I'm there. I'm like, and I'm active. I'm present. I'm zero, zero, <laughs> you know, trace of like being tired. I'm just like, I'm here. I'm showing you up a for purse. my team. I had a purse. Like I showed up. <laughs> And then Paulina gives the most incredible speech and the whole thing. And she goes, okay, everyone. And I was like, um, <laughs> so like, I'm here too. And I would like to say something. And I was like, oh, and everybody was like, oh, and then they already sat down again. I was like, so I'm going to give a speech now. Uh, you know, sometimes you have, but I do acknowledge you all the time. And you know, like they, uh, they always say that it's you and my, like we put it together. No, I know. mean, yes, of course. I know. And like, again, I'm like, oh, I guess this was, I have my Elizabeth moment. Karma came back real quick on that one. I don't, we were talking and, uh, and, uh, and she was like, she didn't even say, I was like, don't worry. The next day I did the same. So I get it. Sometimes it just, it just happens. She's like, no, I know. She's <laughs> so funny. Oh, but I'm excited. I mean, it, it, it was good. I'm, I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy. Thank you. That you're achieving all these things. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's, I, it's a lot of sacrifice on your end. And I know that sometimes we feel like it doesn't, like no one acknowledges, but thank you because Aww, thank you, you being on the road is like, you know, it, we, you do it for, for all of us. 
And you're sacrificing a lot of time with your kids and your family. So thank you. Thank you, sister, for that. This sacrifice, this sacrifice is real. (laughs) It's real. People don't see that, but it's a lot of sacrifice in the back end. So shout out to you. I mean, listen, I I don't know if it's like sacrifice per se. I just want to say that. It is really hard to do everything well. And sometimes, sometimes part of your lives are going to suffer. And it's just yeah. really how you handle those and how the other person, how other people around your life handle those situations. So it's just, we'll see. We'll see what happens at the end of this season. Of this journey. It's seasons. It's seasons in life. Seasons. seasons. It's a season. Okay, it's a season. Enough about us. Yes. Right? Who do we have on the show today, sister? Today, actually, for now, we're joined by two remarkable guests from Elias, the community-powered news organization. First, we have Mariana Dell, who's an award-winning reporter who provides insightful coverage on K-12 education. She's deeply passionate about how her stories can reflect and connect with our communities. And her second guest, Stephanie Redoper, who is a seasoned multimedia journalist and an advocate for civic engagement. She spearheads HeyBB, which is a tech service addressing parents' queries about early parenthood. So without further ado, here's Mariana and Stephanie from Elias. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Super Mama Show. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. I think this this episode was, I don't know, over three years in the making. We recorded, I don't know if you guys, I mean, long story short, but we recorded the week the world shut down in person three years ago. And then therefore the episode that we recorded back then didn't really make sense because the whole world shut down. And so here we are sometime later and finally making this happen, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I vividly remember that day. It was right after we had gotten told that we were going to be like leaving the office. And so it felt really (laughs) weird to meet up in person. And I think even in the studio, we were like, should we use hand sanitizer? Yeah, like like, what's happening? (laughs) Little did we know. I remember. Well, welcome, ladies. Welcome, ladies. How how are you guys doing? What's new? Do you want to maybe we can do a little quick little intro? Let your super our super my sisters who you all are, who you live with, what you do for fun. A little a little BTS of Stephanie and Mariana. Yeah. So I'm Mariana Dale. I'm a reporter at Elias, which a lot of people might know as KPCC. Formerly known as? Yeah, formerly known as. For the last several years, I have been a reporter covering early childhood, which means my stories are about all kinds of issues that impact young children and their families, everything from maternal health care to child care, mental health, doulas, books, everything in between. And I just started as our new K-12 reporters. And now I will be working on stories about kids that are a little bit older, but still a lot of the same themes. Curious. But they're still kids. Yeah, still kids, still the youths. Super excited to get their feedback on our work and also kind of share some of the magic and joy of learning because I think we need more of that in the world. And for me personally... Yikes, I'm not used to talking about. (laughs) Right now, my cat is outside desperately trying to get into the office, but I just moved to the South Bay. I lived in Pasadena for the last couple of years. And when I'm not chasing down stories, I love to be outside and garden, read. I take bachata and salsa classes. I like to move and yeah, just explore other curiosities in the world. 
Oh, that's awesome. Bachata and salsa. Mm -hmm. And she performs too. So Okay, we don't what? need to tell people that. <laughs> no. are showing up. Yes, where are not. where is your next show? Where can we show up to, to support you in your show? <laughs> very exclusive information. <laughs> <laughs> you heard you heard it here first. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Stephanie Ratopper, and I get to work alongside Mariana Dale at Elliest, and I'm an engagement producer on the Early Childhood Beat. So we have a really kind of special setup on our beat where there's a reporter who works alongside an engagement producer. And so that while they're doing all the reporting and they're the ones whose voices you hear on air or you see on Elias.com, my job is really to find creative ways for community voices to get into the newsroom and to help shape our coverage. So We're really interested instead of kind of together in a room, editors and reporters deciding what we cover on our own. The idea is to really respond to people's real questions out in the world. Yeah. And so we get to do a lot of fun things. A couple of years ago, we did a project where we gave cameras to child care providers to document their mm -hmm. lives. That was in the middle of the pandemic. And then we turned that into a series of audio postcards and photo essays. And then we also did art installations. So we had a, five galleries that were set up, one in Grand Park, one on the Santa Monica Promenade. We had Lancaster, Compton, and one in Orange County. Yeah. And then my life outside of work is pretty much taking care of my two kids. I've got a six-year-old daughter and I've got a two-year-old son. So six and a half and two and a half. And, and the other thing that I've been doing for fun recently, this is like the best thing that's going on in my life right now is I've been, my daughter and I have been taking an art class at the Armory in Pasadena. And so I've been making ceramics. This is actually a cup that I made. Oh, that's real fun. <laughs> so oh. I'm like so into it. I, I actually did a ceramics class when my, when I was pregnant with my daughter and everything just came out terrible. Like I just nothing but crap. Like everything came out like lopsided and crooked. But this time around, I feel like I'm focused and the teacher's really good. And when I'm not parenting, I'm looking on Instagram at videos of people making pottery. So yeah. Melina has a fun ceramic story. Oh yeah. I have a fun ceramic story. When I was, uh, well, traumatic, I, it's more, it's more of a traumatic. traumatic story. So when I was, uh, when I was going into college, you know, I started taking ceramic classes in college. You, you have a, you have a class that it's called like a elective or something. Right. So I, I show up at home with my pottery and my dad was like, what is this? This is what you're going to college for. Like I was like, Oh dad, you know, like he was like, are you playing or what are you doing? I was like, oh, it's just for fun. So ceramics, it's, uh, you know, it's stuck in my mind. Oh, man. He got mad. He's like, no. He got you should mad. Be he was like, what are you doing? Doing yeah, art. You should go do, you know, take mad, you know, go take accounting. Yeah. What are you but doing? Do wasting your time with art. <laughs> I know. I still tell him that to this day. He's like, I don't remember. I'm like, of course you block out the things that get the conviene in. <laughs> But it's very soothing. It's very soothing. Paulina, I feel like you should take on ceramics. Like, I feel like you should go back to your best ceramic life and take that artistic <laughs> bug back. Take yes. that, like, that little, like, that artistic girl inside of you. Yeah, there's a round two coming. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My, I've taken my kids to those places where you do the ceramics and then they fire them up. And like you were saying, I'm like, I just, when I get home, I'm like, mm, where can I hide this? So I don't know. I don't know if we're ready for that. I know. Well, I mean, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a complex topic, talking about children, what's going on in our communities, 
what changes we have seen. I feel like I've had this constant conversation with a lot of parents, caretakers, teachers lately about the state of mind of our children, of our parents, of our caretakers. There's so much happening with teachers, with the burnout that everyone is having emerging from the past three years. So I would like to know what are some of those things that you guys are seeing now within the world of the issues that are happening now? I mean, like, like I was saying in, in the in the conversation, when we talked three years ago, it was very different. Now it's a whole other world. So what are some of the things that you guys are seeing? What are some of the issues that we should be talking about? What are some of the things that as parents we should be aware of? I would like to know. I am very curious to know what you guys are seeing now. I think it really differs on what stage of life you're in. But something I heard a lot from parents and caretakers is how difficult it is to find help caring for your kids in those very early years. Infant child care is like the most expensive kind of child care. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest to find. And I'm actually kind of curious about what both of you did to care for your kids in like the first two years of their life. Where did you find help? Uh, girl, I think if you go back to, I feel like if you go back to the early episodes of Super Mamas, because this is when Super Mamas started, when my son was, I think, four or five months. And there's one episode where I just broke down crying, like actual Mm -hmm. tears, because I didn't know what I was going to do for childcare. And the person that I thought was going to help me just flaked out on me. And just the stress, the not knowing, the having two working parents and still not be enough to cover someone to come help you. And do the someone stop working? But can we stop working? And do we want to stop working? Also another thing. So honestly... The first time what I did, one of my great friends, her mom came from Puerto Vallarta to help me with my son, actually, for three months, I think. And then my mom back then, she lived in Oaxaca. She then, after she couldn't, my mom's mom couldn't, my friend's mom couldn't do it. My mom moved to LA for, I think, three months as well. And during that period of time, I was able to find a daycare that I felt aligned with my values and that I really loved and enjoyed. The I think the issue I had with that was that that place was very close to my husband's work and out of the way for me. So the drop-offs really and pickups were on my husband that caused a lot of strain in our relationship. There was a lot of fights. There was a lot of, it, it took a toll in our relationship because it was, why am I doing drop-offs and pickups every day? And then me saying, well, it doesn't make sense for me to go all the way over there and then go back to work and then go all the way and then go back home. So there was a lot of fights for that. And then the second time around, for better or for worse, my daughter was born in 2020. So in a sense, that was a blessing in disguise because we were able to be home. But even then, it's not easy taking care of a baby. And I think that is the one thing I tell my girlfriends. I I tell my girlfriends, I will have two unsolicited advice for you when you're pregnant. Take it or let's, I, I don't care how you raise your children. I don't care if you give them screen time. I don't care if you fit them, if you give them Coke for breakfast. Like, I don't care. <laughs> there are two things that I will always tell you to do. Number one, get on a wait list of a preschool. Mm-hmm. When you're pregnant, start to win preschools and get on a wait list. And number two, sleep train that kid when he's four months old and make sure your child goes to bed at 6 p.m. <laughs> every single day from the moment they're four months old. 
those are the two things that I think saved me mentally and were helpful for me. And what I tell all my girlfriends, do they listen? No. Do they go back later and tell me they should have listened? Yes. But that is like the one, those are the two things I always tell people because people don't realize how hard it is to take care of a baby. It's very, very difficult, challenging, mentally strained, physically strained. It's really, 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 very, very hard, especially when you don't have a community to support you. And when you live in a metropolitan city, that's exactly what it is. Everyone's busy with their lives. Your friends are not going to come over. For us, you, have, you may have the most close girlfriends in your life. They must be your best friends. These girls are not going to show up for you every day because they just can't. They have to work. They have to also pay their bills. And it's not like living in a small town in Oaxaca like my mom did when she had so much community around her. So all that to say, what I did was what I said. Yeah. I went on a rant. It's so <laughs> But it's so wild, that advice of like, you, you have to get on a wait list while you're pregnant. And I had the same, I had a friend tell me that same advice while I was pregnant. And it, it, I was like, oh, it, it hadn't even occurred to me. And I was, I'm so glad that they gave me that advice because I was able to to get on a well, wait list got, and have childcare at you, the beginning. But you understood it. You understood yeah. it. Listen to the advice. None yeah. of my girlfriends <laughs> listen to listen. my advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got on the wait list for, yeah. I actually started working on schools, not even preschool. I started working on TK kindergarten when my daughter, my oldest daughter was months old. And I actually had to go on the board of the school. Like I had to do a whole thing because people don't understand how hard it is to get in schools, unless you want to send your kid to your local school, you know, your neighborhood school. But sometimes that school is not the best one that you want to send your kids to. So if you want to like expand, then you have to start working your way into that very, very early on. Very early. Like my husband was thinking, was saying the other day, what if we change our daughters? I'm like, it's too late, honey. Like, you're, what are you talking? It's not Mexico. Like, hey, I want to put my child, my child here. I'm like, I got to get in wait lists. I got to do this. We got to do all these things. You know, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't even want to think about the work that goes behind moving schools, choosing schools. Like that's a whole other situation over there. And I think, I mean, what you all experienced echoes what I've heard from so many parents. And there have just been some like facts along the way in my reporting that have stuck out to me so much, like in terms of finding infant care. I was talking to someone who worked on kind of an analysis of the child care supply in L.A. County, and they found that there's enough child care spaces for infants for like 11 percent of the infants that live in L.A. Wow. County, which some people are lucky to have. This is why it's so expensive. This is exactly why it's so expensive and what you have to do on a wait list. Like, it's crazy, especially when you go like you say infant route, because preschools and I tell my girlfriends, look, there is child care. There is preschool and then there's kindergarten. And then people who don't have kids doesn't register. Like to drop off your four-month-old somewhere because you have to go back to work, it's very hard to find a place that you're going to trust, right? Because your baby's four months old. But there are some places that do and they do a very good job, but they just tend to be either very expensive or just… I mean, I'm still in four wait lists and my daughter is three. You know, I'm about to be three. Thankfully, she's already older and I found the preschool that I love. But I'm still in wait lists. I never, I, ne I never even got a call back to like, hey, do you want to come back and tour? Or hey, this is no, it's, you're just there forever. It's wild. It is. And underlying that is this workforce that I found is mostly women of color, often immigrant women who are just working incredibly hard to care for kids. I talk to folks who care for kids out of their homes and it's like, 
they're not even paying themselves a salary. If they can like pay their rent or their mortgage and pay for the kids to eat, then like that is everything that they're paying for. And with little babies, of course, you want to have, I think the ratio from the state, it's one to four. So you have to have one adult working for every four kids. And honestly, even that feels overwhelming. I helped yeah. my friends babysit a couple of months ago. And like, <laughs> I can't imagine like being responsible for four infants at one time. And so then mm-hmm. you have to pay all of those folks and they're trying to balance the cost of like rent and facilities, the cost of playing their staff, and then what parents can actually pay for. And the math just doesn't work out. If you look at like yeah. our public school system, we have a lot of federal and state investment, but for childcare for under five, unless you're extremely low income or there's a couple of other qualifying factors, it's not like you're really getting any help to pay for that care. And that's part of why this system is so challenging. And in a lot of ways, it doesn't really work for parents and it doesn't work for the people that are taking care of kids either. It doesn't. There are there is no no help with infants, right? And I think that is the, the crucial time because sometimes parents have to go back to work. They have to. Like I had to go back to work. I did a home care for my oldest for a few for some time. I was the first mom of all my friends. No one had no one had kids. I had no clue of how to navigate that system. And I literally just went online and I was like, childcare near me. And I actually enrolled my daughter in a Korean home care. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even communicate with Miss Hana. Miss Hana and I never really communicated. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Hana is a legend. Miss Hana is a legend because it was, I mean, they would send me the menu for the week in Korean. And I was like, pues que Dios la bendiga. I hope that she's eating right. You know, because I had no clue and I was so young. And then from there, and I, you know, my, my, my journey was wild because first I, there was a girl that used to work here at the restaurant and she was really young. She was like, I don't know, 18. And then I was like, hey, so what do you do on the weekends? You want to come and take care of my daughter? I mean, I mean, I'm a young mom. I had no idea. And so like an 18 year old was taking care of my baby. Then I took her into a home daycare, a Korean home daycare never made friends, never made communication. My daughter was going until I finally, I became a little bit more of a seasoned mom and I started connecting with other moms and I started making my network. But that is one of the reasons why early motherhood is so hard mm-hmm. because you don't have a community. And that was one of the reasons behind Supermamas because we're like, no one told me any of this. No one showed me how this was supposed to go. Where does one go for these kind of resources? How do you even navigate early, early, early child, like the baby stages with no community, with no help, with no one around you, you have to figure it out. And sometimes, I mean, for better or worse, now she's 11, she's in middle school, she's she's grown, she's fine, she's healthy. But back then it was really, really difficult, very difficult. And I had to make blind decisions, which I'm sure I'm not the only one, right? There's many people that make blind decisions because they don't really know where to start. Yeah. And isn't it wild? I feel like it's so interesting, the just like the trials and tribulations that we accept as normal in the, in the early motherhood and early parenthood phase. It's just like, OK, this is sure. This is how it is. It's just this is the this is how it is. Whereas where Mariana was saying that for us, we've come to accept that school starts at kindergarten. And that's when, OK, then you send your kids to school. But what do you do those first five years? And that's a lot of what we cover on the beat and that kind of 
that systemic gap that we have. Yeah. So where can moms find the resources that y'all are working so hard to provide? Where can moms read? How can they find community? Uh, I think this is so important because like Paulina said, new moms don't know where to turn except friends. And if their friends are not having babies, it's just good old either ChatGPT or Google. And it's like, how do I find someone to take care of my three-month-old? So can we give them like a place, a guide? What, what kind of sort of resources has have you and your team been working on? Yeah. So we have been working hard over the last couple of years to basically allow you to skip the whole terrifying Google and Facebook phase of trying to find advice. And we have put together a series of stories on motherhood, on parenthood, on pregnancy. You can find it online at las.com slash pregnancy. And we go through doulas, how to advocate for yourself during pregnancy, family leave, the pressures that parents face to snap back after childbirth, postpartum. We have just packed it with a bunch of things. But if I could break down, I think, two of what the I think the best kept secrets are that I've learned about that shouldn't be secrets, I would say one is doulas. Paulina, I don't know if you're familiar. Are you? I had a doula. Yes. Okay. I want to yeah. know about your doula experience. I had a home birth for, with my last child and I had a whole team. I had a doula. I had a, a midwife. I had someone that went in and encapsulated my my placenta. I did the whole holistic birth the third time around. So I did have a doula. I was familiar with the doula. It's, I think a doula is good when you need someone to, the doula is there to take care of you. Like she is your advocate. She is your nurturer. She is your, I mean, that's that's how I felt. Like she was like, what do you need? You need, you need me to rub your feet. You need me to like, whatever you need me to do, just tell me. Because at that time, I think you're so, uh, you're so into it. I was like, get away with my husband, you know, and things like that. And then, so when she, so she was like, no, you got to come down. You got to do this. You know, so the doulas are are, are, are really, I think it's someone that will speak for you, that will advocate for you and support you through the, through the birth process. Yeah. And I think what people have told me is really beneficial is sometimes if you have like a typical prenatal appointment, it's what, 10, 15 minutes every couple of months. How are you supposed to get all your questions answered? How do you get that question answered that like pops up at 10 p.m. in the middle of the night that you like need an answer right now or maybe feels too inconsequential to like ask your like official healthcare provider? And doulas are really there to help you navigate our healthcare system and navigate your pregnancy and your birth without being medical providers themselves. But they've gone through this process often dozens and hundreds of times. And anytime I have talked to a doula, I even just feel more at ease talking to them. <laughs> and the other secret yeah. I would say is something called a resource and referral agency. So throughout the state of California, there are these nonprofits that are partially funded by the state and their entire purpose is to help families find childcare and to help childcare providers get payments for providing childcare. And so you can go online, just search resource and referral agency. You can find the one that's designated for your area and they will have a consultant who can basically hear everything that you need, 
where you need care, what hours you need care, whether you might actually qualify to get some help paying for childcare. And then they can give you a list of 10 referrals in your neighborhood. And I think it's just an incredible resource that not enough people know about. But Stephanie, I'd be curious, what what do you think of all of our reporting that you found would be most helpful for parents to know? Just to add also one more point onto the onto the resource and referral network first is you can also get payment if you qualify for a, a grandparent, a family member who's taking care of your kids. A lot of people don't know that, but you can go oh. through the resource and referral network. And if you qualify, then you can receive some assistance for that as well. So because I know that's a big way that, you know, that we get help. But yeah, I would say, I mean, one of the things that we've been working on with Mariana over the past couple of years is these series of guides around pregnancy and early parenthood. And we actually set up a text message service to hear from what parents' questions were. And we've been using the questions that come up in the service to help us shape the guides. So the the ones that Mariana mentioned, of those two, two of the ones that I worked on, one had to do with the postpartum phase and how to prepare for the postpartum phase. And the other one had to do with family leave, which was a big topic, which is something that feels like you need to get a master's degree and <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. p- open up 50 spreadsheets to be able to figure out. Yeah, those are some of the things that I've been working on over the past couple of years as well. I think like the importance of postpartum care is so important. My sister is always talking about the 40 days. And not so long ago, I actually sent her an article. For, I don't know if it was like the New York Times or, the, or the, something like that. It was a newspaper, a big newspaper that put an article about how it's now in fashion or like in it to take care of you for the for the you know 40 days and I was like oh my god that is not nothing new we all knew about this since back in the day all my mom my tias my grandmas but thankfully it's coming now there's even places where you go and you hang out for 40 days so they can take care of you apparently now it's like super expensive and it's become very like for the I know. privileged. So it's hard. It's it's just, it's just, I think just our, our world, our country, this city, this state isn't very, it's not designed to support a working mom. We, it's just, that's not what it's designed for. And it's very, very sad. And I think like, that's one of the things that I was one of the, like the awakenings that I had when I had my son, like the first time when I was home, like day one, by myself and I had my mom here and I was able to take time off of work. I realized the amount of privilege that I held and how blessed I was to be able to do that. And how sad it is that it's just not, that's not a normal thing. The city isn't built for that. For mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't support a working mother. Even we know that um, nationwide, it's like one in four women go back to work after just two weeks. And that is just a wild thing to think about. But it, you know, it also has to do with this idea of like our our society doesn't have the the kind of systems in place to be able to support you to to take those forty days or to take the time that you need to be able to to heal. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting in putting together the guide on the postpartum phase and how to prepare, my experience was actually I wrote this guide in 2019, and this was after my first daughter was born, and I wrote it alongside Lisa Brenner, who was the associate editor of Elliest at the time. And we both had young kids and we thought, oh man, you know, we got to, we got to let people know like, oh, why, why don't people tell you these things when you're pregnant? And so we, we did a call out, we got over 70 people responded, sharing their stories of birth and the postpartum phase and what had happened to them. We, we put it together into this guide 
And we talked about things from all the feelings that you, that happened, the physical recovery, breastfeeding, all of that. And so we did that in 2019 and thought, I thought, okay, great. I'm glad. Check. This was, this was awesome. The next year was 2020. I got pregnant again. So I also had a 2020 baby and I went back and I read this guide and it actually kind of scared me because <laughs> I was going back and I was reading these stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant again. And I'm going to go through this again. This is so intense. And so when we went to revise the guide, I started to think about what is what are the things that are really useful for people as they're getting ready to have to go into this phase of, you know, this next transition of parenthood. And I talked with a doula. Her name is Stevie Marino, and she's the founder of the Birth Workers of Color Collective. And one thing she said that really stuck with me was she said, you know, these things are normalized, but they don't have to be normal. They don't have to be what people experience and what's what we don't hear a lot about are people who have the support and what it can look like when you have a really supported postpartum experience. So in this version of the guide, I got to talk to a lot of people who who did have support and saw what it, what it looked like. So there was a mom that I talked to who got, she had a postpartum doula. She got chiropractic care, acupuncture, pelvic floor therapy. So like the whole thing. And she got nearly all of it paid for. She's a black mom. She got nearly all of it paid for through the Victoria Project and the Sugar Heel Gang. So there are some funds out there where you can get support. Wow, girl, let's get yeah. all of this yeah. in the show notes. So helpful, this is so right? much. This is so helpful. And local. Yes. There are things that you can do to prepare and to kind of think about how can you build your community before you go into yeah. that phase what do you need to to have around you to be able to take that time to to midwives that that we spoke to who who actually knew before doing this reporting they were, they they worked with me with with my kids too their names are Kimberly Durden and Allegra Hill and they they run a birth center in South LA called Kindred Space and so what they say is as midwives we say the first week of birth we want you in bed so stay in bed the first week mm-hmm. the second week you can be around the bed the third week we want you near the bed so thinking about the month and just little by little leaving the bed and what and what do you need to stay in bed right you need somebody you need the support of your of your friends of your family of your partner if you have a partner to be able to to be there and to really be healing yeah and don't leave your house don't leave your house don't leave your room <laughs> don't go grocery you don't have shopping to. Don't. do not go to starbucks <laughs> yeah. do not go to do, i went to target my mom got so mad at me and i got mad at like now i looking back i'm like what was i thinking like yeah. <laughs> And do not go to Disneyland. Oh, Disneyland. What? <laughs> Who went to Disneyland? No, don't do that. A lot of women. People <laughs> with tiny, tiny, weak old babies at Disneyland. Like, why? Why are you doing this but, to okay. yourself? Here, here's the thing also <laughs> that I realized, what I realized and what I have seen is that there's also, there, there used to be a lot of mental support, as you know, Paulina. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you went through postpartum. And I think a lot of women leave their bed and leave their house because they just can't take it mentally because it's so much, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to stay in your bed and being able to like, they go to Disneyland because they want to get the fuck out of their house because they just can't deal with their, they just can't deal with all the emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think more than anything, like get that mental support. So you're able to stay in bed because it's so important. And I understand why you leave the target because you just want to run away. I understand why you want to go to Disneyland because you don't want to deal with what's happening. But it's really, really important for your body to just rest and relax. And that just has to do with mental health. Yeah, that's right. And also like just just like social media and the world keeps going and you're mm-hmm. stuck. You can't. I, that was the hardest for me. Yeah. Delete your social media when you have children. The world <laughs> kept going. 
for me, it stopped. I couldn't make sense of it. But I do want to say like it, I it, it, I think now that my kids are older, I, I think that the support for mothers needs to continue throughout. I think now that I'm going into the early teen stage, I think that a lot of moms need support on that. A lot of people don't talk about what happens in the youth with the children, how to deal with it as parents, how to talk to your children at that age. Those are pivotal moments that now I'm like, oh, crap. Like I thought baby was hard. This is so much harder. And so like in a different level, right? So I think like support for moms should continue throughout. Support for parents, for children just should be continuous. Like it should just be, I know it's like the first five years, but I really think it should be the first 15 years. I don't know. It's, it's incredible. Like it's, it's just evolving. It's new challenges, new things. I, I feel like I'm a whole new mom. I'm giving birth to a whole new teenager. And it's it's been very eye-opening to see all the things and all the new things that are coming up. And I could consider my child a very calm, collected, like easy child. So I cannot even imagine what it would be like not to have that. But I've heard it from many parents at this age, the difficult that everybody's going through with everything happening, how fast our kids are growing, everything that is happening. I am now advocating for continuous support for parents and children throughout all, you know, I'm glad Mariana said that she's going through K to eight now because, yeah. wow. K through 12. Middle school yeah. is a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really pivotal moment where, where kids are changing a lot and your relationship is changing a lot with them too. Well, thank you ladies so much for your time. Thank you for being here. I'm very excited to provide these resources for our sisters, for Super My Sisters. Do you all want to shout out any other new projects you guys are working on on any websites or any social media where that they should be following? Yeah, so you can find us all of our reporting, all of our stories on LAist.com. If you want all of those pregnancy and parenting resources, it's LAist.com slash pregnancy. You can find me on social media by searching Mariana Dale. There's not a lot of us out there, so you'll see my face when you search (laughs) for it. And please send me your questions and your story ideas about the wild world of K-12 that I'm about to be entering. What questions you have about after school care, about finding a good school, about what is a good school. And where can mom send you these ideas? Yeah. LAS.com slash Dale. You'll see how to contact me. Yeah. And and my same thing, You, if you search my name, you will definitely find me. My name is Stephanie Ritopper. My Instagram is Stephanie Ritopper, R-I-T-O-P-E-R. If you want to text in your questions, you can text Hey Baby, so H-E-Y-B-B to 73224. And we we showcase local experts who answer people's questions. So um, so yeah, we love to we love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you for having this re- these um, resources so important for our community. Well, I hope we have you back soon. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. And we are back with our Supermama Pick or Tip of the Week. What is your tips, Chris Krista? No, you're not Krista. And you know what's so funny that I call my kids Bricia? I'm like, Bricia? No, wait, what? What? Tita? I'm like, Wow, that's like a... What do they call Fredolian? No, I don't even know how to say that. Something, (laughs) a slip? Something, you guys know what we're talking about. I don't know, but I'm always like... Sigmund Freud? His name Fredorian, Fredolian slip? Don't judge me. 
Don't come for me. I'm not. <laughs> the other day, someone's like, you know, like the painter. I'm like, girl, you know, I'm not cultured. Why are you trying <laughs> the to act like, like someone said, like, it's like this, like the painter. They refer to a name and it's like, you know, like the painter. I'm like, girl, you're trying to act like your girl's cultured. I don't know any painters. I don't know. My painter's name is Silvino. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo. <laughs> Pablo, that was me. <laughs> anyway, what do you have any picker tips for I do not. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm I did not come prepared this week and I'm just gonna say <laughs> I don't have one because I want to keep it real with you guys. I'm gonna keep it real with my super romance. I'm not gonna pretend like I have my shit together. I don't. <laughs> Shit's falling apart in my personal life. Okay. So and with that came the picker tip of the week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I guess <laughs> if we're going to say it like that, my pick this week is fucking if you feel like you're about to explode, walk away. <laughs> That's what I did. I walked away. I went to a hooker and I just walked away. I was like, drop it. Leaving. Bye. See y'all later. And everyone's well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we're going to say it's like, my tip would be like, maybe just don't speak for a bit. <laughs> Walk away. And Walk things away. will resolve by themselves on their own. <laughs> no. to stay quiet and to fight. <laughs> yeah. Like self, you know, space. Give yourself space. Give yourself space. <laughs> When shit's hitting the fan, just give yourself space. Just walk away. You know, I told mom, like, when, before I left Oaxaca last time, she was like, why are you going? I was like, well, either if I if I don't go, I probably like either get sick or kill someone. So I'm just going to go. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> go. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> so, yes, give yourself space. That's it. Keeping it real. Peryush, keeping it real. All right. That's it. Guys. It is I'll what it is. Until That's next it. week. We'll see Bye. you then. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in el face at supermamas podcast oh one more thing we want to hear your supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters call into our hotline 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com very soon we could be featuring you on the show Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas!